Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So, Jim, it's just us flying solo today. Well, yeah, wait, we have... two, of, two of us flying solo, is that possible? Mm, I guess. Tandem? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> since, I, since between the two of us, uh, we have, the, uh, we have the, the smarts and strength of one normal man, then I suppose, <laughs> I suppose yeah, we can be flying solo. Yeah, well, we haven't done this in a while, and we should we should play catch up on a bunch of things that we've uh, we've been talking about in the background, but never get never get around to talking because we have guests and we have to entertain them and stuff. But uh, I think the the show so far we're almost at the halfway point here is going going well so far. We really appreciate. All, just want to say thank you to all the listeners and to uh, all those folks out there who have, who have guested on our show or who are going to be guesting on our show uh, in the near future because. One of the things I never really expected is the kind of response that we had uh, to this show. Uh, Absolutely. So many, so many people, I mean, from the movie world, from the aviation world, from the just like going to the movies and, and watching fun stuff uh, world. So many of these people have reached out and said, I really want to talk to you about stuff that's going on in the show. And uh, I have something interesting that you might you might find interesting. I don't I don't know if, if what I have is interesting. But they come on and it's just a wonderful thing. We hear about all these different these different things going on. I've learned a lot doing doing this show uh, so far. And yeah, just... same here. And I'm amazed, as you said, that uh, I didn't ever expect we'd get to the point where we weren't, you know, where begging for guests wasn't a full-time job. I never really, and and it's not that I had didn't have faith or confidence in it. I knew it was going to be going to be great and, and wonderful fun. I just didn't expect people to sort of be reaching out to us saying, hey, this is pretty cool. Do you think I could come on? And I've got some things to say if you're interested and and it's uh, it's mind blowing. Yeah, and just just trying to fit them all in. It's been been a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it it is a surprise, and it's nice to be in that situation that we have so many fascinating guests that uh, that uh, people, and then people write to us more and say, "I want to hear more about this. I want to hear about what about this and that." Right. So the feedback's been been great. Yeah. Um, and thanks uh, ongoing to everybody who's given us uh, good reviews uh, or said something nice on social media. We get a lot of great responses on Twitter and Facebook, all that good stuff. But uh, the the iTunes reviews in particular make a huge huge difference difference for us yeah so, it, it really thanks. is it, it we're not we're not working in a vacuum and, well, and speaking of vacuum we're gonna be talk- Ooh, there, now <laughs> there's the a word. segue there's a segue smooth <laughs> as silk yeah but uh, we're going to be talking about uh about that that neat little uh, idea that wilmer had uh minutes and minutes ago of uh, of hiding a vacuum cleaner inside of a <laughs> rocket pack uh suitcase um but first we're going to be looking at uh Cliff is still, you know, uh, trying to bask in the glory of being a secret, uh, not quite a superhero, but a, a hero, a rock, a, a rocketing hero. He's on the, on the level of Iron Man, I would guess. Right. He's he's listening to uh, to two ladies at the beginning of this minute uh, talking about how romantic it is that he he pulled a clown out of a out of, <laughs> out of a crashing airplane and dropped him into a balloon. Yeah, I, I'm no. sure every 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 young girl thinks about. Gosh, someday <laughs> yes. I wish I were a clown in a. <laughs> getting dropped on a balloon. We, we look at those uh, those two girls, uh, perfect Disney extras there, who have speaking roles. So that's uh, that's pretty neat. They'll get paid more. One of the uh, one of the girls, the one on the left, is wearing a type of hat called a cloche. Cloche meaning the uh, French word for bell. It's kind of a bell shaped hat. 
she's a little bit out of style that style is more from the early 30s again we're, you know we're kind of getting into that early late 30s uh crossover thing kind of, kind of like how the gb is a little bit outdated that sure. cloche hat is a bit outdated for this late in the 30s but still active i mean I, you could say that maybe that's that's the hat that she had and she's comfortable with it but uh, they all seem to be having a good time on their single day on the set right <laughs> Now, do you uh, do you know where sh- that particular actress is now, by any chance? Yeah, actually, we've uh, we've reached out to her a couple of times, but I don't know. We're not, we're just not cross we're crossing signals or something. Uh, but that's uh, L. Keats, who is uh, I believe she runs a jewelry store on uh, on the main promenade there in uh, Santa Monica. So if you'd like to drop in <laughs> to uh, the oh. Keats Jewelry Store, uh, tell her that and, you uh, heard about her on the Rocketeer Minute. Yeah, exactly, and show up in a Rocketeer costume and rescue her. Yes. But she'll, but do not like bodily carry her off and throw her into a balloon. Yeah, she'll uh, she'll think that, it's romantic. So there you have a chance. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. Anyway, nice nice seeing them uh, marching around. If I remember correctly from from an earlier discussion with Billy, this is one of the earlier episodes. It was an easier easy drop in thing that uh, that they did so and it's obviously something that they shot in about an hour all he had to do is kind of wa- walk around wander around right and i love the guy uh, in in the background about second three or so he's walking past he's reacting to the paper and you know your your vintage hats better than i do. I don't know if that's a gadabout or a small fedora or something yeah he's right uh, between billy and, and ellie there and he's He's just making his, his mouth just couldn't be further open. He is just <laughs> stunned by this news, and, and I don't know if he if he's reacting or if he's sort of overreacting to the I, to the I scene. But this, I guess that's his two seconds of fame, and he's going to play it for all it's worth. Um, exactly. Yeah, it, it it looks like a standard fedora, um, kind of a fancy ribbon on the uh, on on the brim, you know, just behind the brim there. He's really working it, huh? <laughs> he really is. He's. He's earning his, you know, five dollars a day or whatever, whatever you got in '91. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, we're for an extra. We're also noticing the different papers. He's he's reading. Uh, I've forgotten the paper that he was reading. So, we saw it in '47. Yeah, so you know, we were talking about this just a little bit offline, but I I love this sort of trilogy of of newspapers and reactions here. This is just a, a brilliantly constructed little thing, and I love that it did happen to fall primarily within this one minute. So you've got. Uh, you've got Cliff there reading the uh, it's the Los Angeles Examiner, and it's uh, it's a PM a, a PM final, and you've got of course you hear the newsboy in the background you know yelling extra extra because they they had done a special edition of it. Now there's uh, a few of these and maybe even several of these survive. You do see them on eBay from time to time, and there was one current listing that had some uh, that had a pretty decent photos that let you look at more of the paper. So presuming what's uh, what's listed out on there on, on eBay is is accurate to what was created for the film, there's a few little interesting things that happen. So number one, and we're still just talking about Cliff's paper here, this ex- Examiner, October 15, 1938. You've got Rocketeer, th- uh, the, the big headline above the masthead, Man Flies Without Plane, and Rocketeer Thrills Crowd, and then that story... The picture I'm looking at, you can almost read a lot of it. It's, you know, Chaplin Field, Los Angeles, and some, and basically tells a story of what happened. Lots of other little headlines and other stories. And then uh, the other, other headline above the fold is Senate Sessions Continue, but the text of the story is about uh, Germany and the Sudetenland that we talked about uh, with my, uh, my old friend Eric Flint not too long ago. Uh, and then what, uh, what kind of amused me was that down below the fold, lots of other... Headlines, Queen Visits Her Subjects on Bike. 
So we can <laughs> we can imagine Queen Elizabeth tooling around on a bicycle, uh, a few little things like that. But then there's uh, there's a subsection that's uh, got this photo of Bigelow holding his Bigelow Air Circus program, getting all the free press, surrounded by by cameras with those great uh, Graflex, you know, lights lightsaber uh, Luke Skywalker lightsaber yeah. flash tubes, and then it's uh, Air Circus owner won't reveal hero's identity. And if you really, really squint at the minute we're in, you can see as Cliff picks up the paper, you can see part of that Air Circus owner headline. Um, but the story below that one uh, starts with, I haven't got it zoomed in for one, starts out, a few thousand more United States Marines landed in South Vietnam today, uh, and then just went on and on about the 7th Regimental Landing Team and this and that. So definitely there was a prop maker back then who said nobody is ever going to see this. Or, you know, or if they do, they'll they'll have fun with it, like uh, Craig Hosking pointed out. But uh, um, I don't think we were putting a lot of troops into South Vietnam in uh, 1938. Well, that anyone was aware of. Uh, that's true. That's And that's what they want you to think. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ready for Doolittle to arrive. Right. Um, exactly. Wow. And, uh, then as uh, as we leave the, the cliff portion of this uh, triptych of newspapers, right. we go to... Uh, we go to a dressing room with who is the rocketeer hoax or reality. Right. So then that, uh, that paper is the, uh, that's the Los Angeles examiner. I was scrubbing to that there. I love that hoax or reality, uh, hoax or reality thing. So, uh, so you've got who is the rocketeer, Los Angeles examiner again, October 15, 1938. And, uh, you know, that great old masthead character quality enterprise and accuracy. So the logo there. And then, um, Interesting, too, that it's just stamped right there in the headline, America First, uh, pretty clearly declaring their, uh, you know, their feelings about uh, sort of the state of the world at that time. We talked a lot about the America First movement. A couple of the stories here, you've got Bauron uh, aims axe at board. So that's a reference to Fletcher Bauron, who was the 35th mayor of L.A., and uh, he he would have been mayor about three weeks at this point, but he was the second longest serving mayor after uh, after Bradley served until fifty three. So he was a pretty big figure in L A. Probably most famous for starting work on the uh, L A. freeways and uh, and L A. X uh, the airport, um, but also was a uh, was at least out of context uh, certainly somewhat controversial when you look back. He was a very very sort of rabid proponent of uh, the Japanese internment camps during World War II, sort of taking the Japanese-American citizens and and uh, and putting them into camps, uh, relocation camps. And then uh, also he was somebody, he came out and was supporting uh, amendments to the Selective Service Act, or rather exceptions to it, that said even if, uh, if you're a Japanese-American, even if you're too old or would otherwise have a medical issue that would prevent you from being drafted. He thought they should be drafted anyway, and they just put into non-combat roles. So he was uh, he was pretty hardcore when it came to the, the sort of situations around the Japanese Americans at the time. The other uh, other headline across the way that uh, is uh, another great little anachronism, perhaps not as much as uh, as the Vietnam situation, but that bill gets approval by sixty four to twenty. That I've got the date noted here. Um, that story air, or excuse me, was printed uh, September 30th, 1958. So it's about 20 years from the future, huh. and there uh, it's the Senate vote uh, about uh, whether or not Alaska would become the 49th state. <laughs> so, um, but sure enough, there it is. And I, I didn't mention, but that Bauron story, the Bauron Ames Axe at Board, 
did run on September 30th of 38, but it actually ran in the LA Times, uh, not the Examiner. Although it, wow. it may have been an AP story, so it could have been picked up. The uh, 64 to 20 Senate vote was definitely an AP story. Huh. So, um, wow. I, little details. Yeah, and you know, it's surpri- surprising that at least one of them is roughly within the. I mean, it's not exactly the news, but when you're trying to fill up an extra, maybe they were grabbing old wire stories, at least for the yeah. hour on ones. And yeah, that like very that. well could be. And of course, you know, for the prop makers, just needing to get, you know, to get uh, to get something on paper. And of course, that great, great photo of, which, <clears throat> that's intriguing to me to try to puzzle out shooting order and things like this because you've got the the photo on the cover of the the paper Sinclair is holding of you know a uh, presumably stuntman rocketeer probably suspended from the rig flying by the grandstands and whether that was a you know a snapshot taken on set while that was being shot and if they had enough lead time or this was just something that was composited together uh, in order to uh, in order to get these props done in in time to shoot these scenes I'm not sure about about the sequence there. Yeah, there's no overlapping lines, so it would be relatively easy to, to drop something like that together, especially right. in 1991. That would have been easy yeah. Photoshop. The, um, although, you know, with the, under hoaxer reality, we've got, uh, we've got Malcolm there grinning in his, his clown makeup uh, and, and everything else. So it seems like that would have been a fairly elaborate sort of thing to set up and, and shoot, you know, when it would have been so easy just to grab the snapshot while he was in makeup and on set. So. Or um, it could have, it could have been a, it could have been a test you know it could have been a makeup test at the time oh that's true too so yeah could easily multiple, have been a makeup test and this I mean this insert one this could have been one of the last things ever shot it's true uh, rel- relatively easy to do yeah it could have been and you just love you know Sinclair slaps the paper down and then he yanks the wig off and he's just he's just mad <laughs> he's just yeah. so he's just so steamed so Cliff sees the paper he's pretty proud of himself. Neville sees the paper and he's angry. Yeah, although I can't imagine, I would imagine that Neville would be in his own dressing room. I can't imagine him uh, glowering in front of a group of people. I, I just, yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm trying to figure that out why there's just a this sort of stray makeup table just out and about. And you can see another one there off to the left, sort of in the background. Yeah. That there'd be a few of these around, but but yeah, you would sure think he would be he would be in his own dressing room. But who knows? Maybe. Maybe somebody just ran up and showed him the newspaper, which I do have to say that, uh, you know, we don't have a strong sense for sort of hours in the day necessarily, but they do seem to get these papers, uh, even the extra editions, printed and distributed very, very quickly. Yeah, well, that, that's what how it was at the time. I mean, during World War II, there were even up to seven editions in a day. Wow, seven. I, I knew uh, there, was, that there was, was more the, than one, but wow. The, yeah, the Pearl, Pearl Harbor, I believe the Los Angeles Times produced seven editions uh, in the one day as, as more news came av- became available. through. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's the seventh and the eighth uh, you know, going, oh, into, sure. going to the next day. But there were so many editions being dropped on top. They, they had a total of seven editions being, being passed out. And really with trying to keep up with what was coming in over the radio— uh, they, you know, it's it's like the battle that we have nowadays with newspapers versus the internet. Do you really, right. you know, it, it it's not the the it, unless you get another edition out, you're not going to be the most current. They had the manpower and they had the machines. You know, those those presses were running that that quickly just to get just to get these things out and uh, <laughs> you know, relying on seventy two point type to sell those additional right. uh, those additional ones out. The uh, every time I think of, of of headlines, especially around the Pearl Harbor. Um, 
the uh, the Onion did a book called Our Dumb Century, where it was just newspaper stories, you know, as if they had been done by the Onion over the years. And if I remember right, it was their Pearl Harbor issue had um, whatever point size they were using, you know, probably 300 point type. And the headline was just war, you know, W-A-R exclamation point. But it was so big that they had to hyphenate the word war. So it was W-A hyphen and then R is on the next line. They just were so over the top by this with this gigantic, uh, this gigantic point size. I do. I was trying to find out how, like, after a, after you came out with an extra edition, what did you call the one after the extra? Was it a continued extra or is it? Well, that's what I'm wondering. You notice uh, Cliff's copy of uh, of the Examiner um, is Neville is looking at Neville is looking at the regular Examiner. Um, and in a moment, we'll see uh, we'll see another character looking at uh, an extra of the Times, but but Cliff's copy of the Examiner is is, is pretty clearly stamped PM Final. I, maybe you have a you have a morning edition, or, or, because the Examiner was a morning paper, as I recall. Yeah. So then you then you might have an extra in there somewhere, and then you know PM Final. I guess is you know we're betting there's not going to be any more big news today, but yeah. Um, but but yeah, if there were, as you said, if there was. More than two, three, something like that. I'm not sure. You know, does it become double extra or extra this time? We mean it. Yeah, it's it's just not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not not clear on how these things are. And as we go further into the 21st century, this is going to be definitely a lost art. I don't think any paper will put out an extra edition right anymore. It's it's enough to get. I mean, the, the papers have been shrinking. I bought a I bought a New York Times the other day, and I thought this is this can't be a New York. <laughs> It's like it's like a an American girl sized uh, uh, New York Times. They've kind of <laughs> shrunk in all dimensions. There is obviously a uh, an art to all this, uh, and I'm, I feel bad that I don't I, I haven't been able to find more out about how how extras were labeled. I know you know like the bulldog was the night before, and uh, then you had morning and evening editions of newspapers. I can remember long ago having a I was a paper boy for uh, for a newspaper in New Jersey. And we would get the Sunday editions. Everything, everything in the paper except for the first section would be delivered on the Thursday to my house, and then we'd have to assemble them on Saturday to put the Sunday, the, the news part of it, in the front. And things like you know comics and and all the uh, ads and stuff were in the back. So we'd have oh, sure. it would be like an insert more than anything else. Just trying to get. I, I mean, imagine trying to get back to, like the. You know, the newsboys would be delivering all these papers, and then they'd have to wait for the, you know, someone would have to notify them that there's another edition coming out. Right. Or maybe they were never notified, and it just happened when the stack dropped off in front of their, wherever their pickup, and they'd be left with a whole bunch of outdated papers on top of, you know, new papers. Wow. I, <laughs> a different yeah, world. It, it is. It's absolutely amazing trying to think about that, and it's not like you can just text all these kids and say, hey, you know, come on back to work. There's more, uh, there's more papers there. Yeah. However, um, Disney did make another movie about this, and I think they set it true. to music, so we can. So <laughs> we'll save that for another. So whoever wants to do the news or newsies, wasn't it? Newsies yeah, newsies. Or, yes. newsies. Yeah. Whoever wants to do the newsies minute, uh, you you do the research, and we'll listen in uh, in rapt fascination. Wow. Well, <laughs> let's get to the 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 third part of this uh, this trilogy of newspapering. Right. Uh, we go from uh, Neville, who's angrily tearing off his wig. Yes. And uh, we get back to the Los Angeles Times with Flying Man Saves Pilot. That same uh, Bowron uh, Ames Axe at Board uh, 
right. uh, little little column is there. And uh, any idea where the 26 killed 200 hurt in a Dixie tornado came Yeah, from? so that was in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, also a little bit a little bit outdated at this point, but September 13 of, of 38 series. And it was, it was interesting because I was digging into this. The, the term Dixie tornado usually refers to a massive, massive outbreak of tornadoes all through the South and Southeast. Uh, in 1908, but this was a this was a, a real event, and pr- as far as I can tell, a real uh, would have been a real headline for 30 years later, for September of 38. So closer to our movie time frame here, this uh, series of five tornadoes went through Charleston, South Carolina, um, did ultimately kill 32 people, um, and you know, sort of hundreds hurt. Uh, last stats that I saw, 196, uh, which I, I guess should be up to date since it happened 80 years ago. Yeah. Um, 196 homes uh, were destroyed at the time. Uh, it was estimated, at least one period article I dug up, it was estimated that it was about two million dollars in damage, uh, damages, which would be about 35 million dollars today. Wow. So, so pretty, uh, quite pretty serious, pretty serious thing. But again, it was, I was, I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit, uh, digging around Dixie tornado. And that having a very specific connotation of this uh, of this devastating event in 1908, and I think, well, they they wouldn't be that far off. But then I remember, well, you know, we got Marines in Vietnam. Maybe we're going back 30 years for the news. But now this was a specific event uh, uh, about a month before the film takes place. So certainly reasonable. I, I am wondering about the picture in the center there. Is that supposed to be a representation of the Rocketeer throwing a flower to the crowd? Because that's what it looks like to me. That's what, at least the Rosarch look of a... Yeah, you know, it does look like a flower, doesn't it? But um, we see that same photo on which of the other two papers? Let me bring my I think it up. might have been on Cliff's paper. Well, oh, well no, it's or, not. No? It's a really similar photo, but it is a slightly different angle. I've never noticed this. On Cliff's paper, let me just, uh, just double check it here. Come on, Internet, don't fail me now. <laughs> so, okay, Cliff's paper and Neville's paper have the same uh, have the same photo. Oh, so this one is a unique one. So, yeah, so Howard's, Howard Hughes' paper. Yeah, in, in the other two papers, he's much closer to the sort of the grandstand. Not necessarily physically, it's just he would have been further along that, that travel line. In the other papers, it looks like those are pennants or, or you know, things like that. Or he's also, oh, here's what it is. In looking at a photo of, the, uh, of, of Cliff's newspaper, there's a, um, there's a checkered flag. Ah. That's flying. And so on, on Cliff's paper, you see it much more clearly. It's that, you know, five checked or yeah. uh, type, you know, I think of it as the Purina logo kind Finish of flag. Line, yeah. So in this one, it's just been, it's just waving enough that it's, you're seeing it edge on. But as soon as you said flower, well, that's exactly what it looks like. But no, that's uh yeah, that's a checkered flag that's just now, sort of has been waving That would be romantic. I think the girls would have been right. Yeah, that, I think, so. I think you're right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it, but Jim, no matter what we do. Uh, he's never going to rescue us. That's right. Except for all the times that Billy Campbell comes on and rescues yeah, the show. So I guess metaphorically, but he never yeah. brings flowers. So we're, we're looking at this in the uh, Howard Hughes hangar at, uh, at Hughes Aircraft. And uh, right, what, just judging from where they're located, it looks like they're right up against the door, uh, the, the big hangar door. Yeah, they would, they would just about have to be. Um, you know, just quickly as, as we pan up from the paper, uh, you've got that, you know, that burned out uh, the vacuum cleaner, which uh, which we know is uh, is a uh, 
Kenmore Commander with a Hoover badge on it, and then those side wings were sort of fictionally added to make it even look uh, look more sleek. Yeah, um, we, be- I just want to say we, we had reached out to the Vacuum Cleaner Museum, the American... The, yes. uh, and uh, we couldn't get a hold of anybody there. And this would yeah, probably be a great time to talk about vacuum cleaner. It would have been wonderful. They're down there on uh, Route 66 in St. James, uh, Missouri, as my mother taught me to say it. Uh, and uh, um, so if anybody out there ever happens to drop in on the vacuum cleaner museum, tell them we said hi and that we're sorry that we weren't able to, uh, to reach them to get them on the show. Um, another nice little detail in the scene is that uh, uh, little... FBI evidence tag, yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's a, tied to it there on the left, and and, like, and that that laundry bag of thing, property, Federal Bureau of Investigation, right. underneath where they just dropped that paper, and they we need some of those, by the way. Yeah, Wooly and Fitch were you know carefully, care, carefully dressed up, yes, uh, and uh, and looking so chastened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're wearing they're wearing something at the time which was in fashion. They are wearing uh ties that are known as bar dexter. Those are bar dexter ties away. Bar oh, dexter meaning that the uh, stripe is up on the right-hand side. If it were up on the left-hand side, it would be known as bar sinister. So the bar dexter ties that they're both wearing are very much the style of 1938. And uh that's, just, that's, just, I had no I had no idea. I've never I've never noticed this the tie stripe orientation before that's yeah. amazing and if you'll notice that howard is wearing the same type of bar right. dexter tie yeah. well the bigger right. bolder stripes yeah. perhaps and befitting it, his status as a yeah. zillionaire um <laughs> his uh, his minions yeah. are just wearing no dexter ties. Right. yes exactly they're dexter free yeah um or barless i'm not bar, sure yeah i love uh, i love how high the yes disbarred yes ties that used to be lawyers <laughs> i love how high up uh the uh uh, uh tie bar is too yeah that's just just way up there it's which you've got to have your tie bar that high to to keep it above that ridiculously high waist i guess you've got to have a good distance there amazing and i do like that uh that howard has not one but two lapel uh holes so he could he could wear twin boutonnieres right and i i can't recall from other shots of him and i'm you know we'll see them we've seen them before we'd I think we'd see them again, but um, whether or not that's uh, double-breasted or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. So I, I have not. We'll we have to, come, we we'll have to tune to in that. a future episode, although right. it will be another day, so he might be in another suit. We'll see. Oh, that's true. So, and then, we, of course, he's surrounded by his uh, his top men in their, yeah. you know, their disbarred ties. <laughs> and for some reason to me, the guy in the in the rear right, he would be, you know, yes. stage, stage left, so the, I think he's probably the youngest of all of them. Everybody else is sort of their hair is slicked or the, the balding guy. Everybody seems to be sort of appropriate and into it. The guy with the horn rim glasses in the background left is looking a little bit askance and, and maybe suspicious at this whole thing. But the guy in the, in the background there on, on the right of the screen is just, he, he, he looks a little out of place and he looks so thoroughly disgusted with the whole situation that I, I have no idea who he is. I would love to find out. Yeah, and I just I keep getting the feeling that he's the guy that designed the the look and feel of the X three. He would be the most disgusted by you know right how exactly. Could you, how could you mistake a vacuum cleaner for an <laughs> exactly X3? for my work of art? Yeah, the the magnificent Cirrus X three. I, I do like the the straight on camera approach on both of these scenes. You're you you are whoever the people are being looked at. You know, a, 
uh, Howard is is yelling at you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Is <laughs> using extreme sarcasm, and you are, ha- and then you become Howard as you're looking at Fitch and Wooly as they are just <laughs> trying not to, you know, melt into the wall. Just sink into the floorboards of, I don't want to be embarrassed like this. And and such a just such a great line, you know. Thanks to the diligence of the FBI, this particular vacuum cleaner will not fall into the wrong hands. And and then, as you say, that he gives that line to us, and then we look at poor Wooly and Fitch, and yeah. we just sort of have to watch them look at each and, other and then look back at us as they just as they take it. Yeah, and, and for all they're to heck with Hoover, they know this is going to get back to uh, J. Edgar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to go very well at all. Right. How many people do you need working on an auto gyro? That's the other <laughs> part that I was just trying to figure out in the background. There's a guy with a clipboard. There's yeah. another guy sitting in the front. And I mean, maybe they're adding anti-gravity shoes or something <laughs> to the thing, but it, it just doesn't seem like <clears throat> that much maintenance is required. Right. Now, And then speaking of that, that shot too. The uh, you've got three more uh, three more white coated engineers sort of by the tail of the auto gyro back off to the left side of the screen, and presumably they are reading the newspaper as well and sort of just finding out about the about the flying man. And you wonder what their take is. Yeah, were they read into the rocket pack project, which presumably they would have been, and you know they're wondering about uh, about who this guy is flying their thing and and what's he wearing on his head that makes him look like a hood ornament. But yeah, and how much non disclosure did they do back then i don't know right i mean i would imagine that all of them were a bit you know between curtis and the wright brothers and and hughes they were probably all just you know who who have you been talking to i just i don't know enough about when non-disclosures went uh, as a as a thing right i would uh, from the hip i would tend to guess that uh you know it certainly would have existed in this at this point but i could still certainly imagine you know, whether at this point in 38 that there would be a lot of sort of handshake agreements and sort of gentlemen's understandings. Um, and then certainly I, I would get the sense that when you're working for Howard Hughes, you, you probably know on day one that there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff and you just you just will not talk about it. Yeah, and I, I would assume that Howard Hughes probably pioneered the you'll never work in this town again. Right. Kind of, kind of an attitude between between Hollywood and aviation. He had all bases covered. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great uh, logo on the side of that Hughes aircraft. It's just oh, you know, yeah. some, some about Times Roman <laughs> being able to put that on, you know, black on a white plane. Wow. But yeah, just gorgeous. And that that PCA2 replica that for years I I really had thought was uh, was a surviving example of an original in movie paint, but uh, you know we've discussed before there there are only two of those in existence, and one of them is here in Oshkosh, and the other one is uh, down at the Henry Ford Museum, and and it is definitely neither of those. Well done, mock up. Wow, yeah, stunning. Well, we we'll uh, we'll we'll leave the the daytime world of uh, Saturday, and uh, go to the nighttime world of. Uh, Bigelow, Bigelow Aircraft, which I'm assuming that this Bigelow office is the one that we see that tower-like thing that's uh, that's next to the hangar. It seems right. to be raised and above, and I just was wondering the way that it looks. It seems like that's where that's where you get in. It's it's upstairs. Yeah, it has to be because uh, you know Bigelow looks down. And he sees the Pioneer Petroleum. Uh, what is it? The, is it the truck or the sign? Pioneer the, Petroleum sign. That's yeah, right. It gives him yeah. the idea to call uh, call him the Rocketeer. And so, again, presuming this is the same office, which is, as far as I know, it, it, it would be. Yeah, I would think. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't imagine that they'd want to build it <laughs> build it over again. Right. Um, but beautiful lighting, that yellowish kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's night and there's something. Right. 
it, it, it's not comfort. It's not a comforting kind of nighttime. No, and all the contrast with the with the slats. Yeah, you know, very as noir. The comes in. Yes, absolutely. It's the sort of definition of noir. Yeah, and you've got the two uh, the two flat foots coming in. Right. They're not they're not gum shoes. They're flat. Foots. Yeah, they're gum definitely flat foots. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the flat foots are, are checking things out to uh, to talk to Bigelow. And, uh, and it doesn't look good. No. Bigelow's no. place is a mess. There's papers everywhere. Yeah, some, somebody's yeah. been looking for something, says Fitch. So. Right, kind of makes you wonder what happened here. Yeah, made the day off. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, we'll we'll pause here uh, for a little bit while Wooly and Fitch continue their investigation, which doesn't look like it's going to turn out very well. Um, but we'll we'll talk about this a bit more tomorrow. For folks who want to join in on this conversation and uh, point out some fashion tips that we may have missed, or maybe if you're uh, if your folks were in the newspaper business and you want to chat up some more, we've got a lot of social media areas where you can drop us a line. Try us out on uh, Twitter at Airport Minute. Airport Minute. Good grief. <laughs> Rocketeer Minute is the place to go. <laughs> so. Uh, Rocketeer Minute is is our Twitter account. Uh, follow us on uh, uh, Facebook. You can go to the Rocketeer Minutes Bulldog Cafe at uh, facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute. You can go to uh, the great big site, RocketeerMinute.com, where we've got all of these episodes, a lot of multimedia stuff that you can check on, a lot of things that our guests leave us that we can you can, uh, you, you can find all the links that we've been talking about with different guests that are out there at RocketeerMinute.com. So check out those back episodes and check our you know, for future episodes that are out there. Also some cool swag from Amazon you can pick up. Please, if you haven't done this already, go to iTunes or go to Google Play, search for Rocketeer Minute, click subscribe, and then we'll never bother you. We'll actually we'll bother you about this tomorrow but we'll try to do it as quickly as possible uh, and if you can please leave us a great review that always helps us so come back here tomorrow Thursday and we'll see what happened to Mr. Bigelow on the Rocketeer Minute so until next time over and out Get it, kid.